Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is February 6th, and it's the Feast of St. Paul, Miki, and Companions. They were the Japanese martyrs. Uh, we will be reading paragraphs 283 through 290 today. The question about the origins of the world and of man has been the object of many scientific studies which have splendidly enriched our knowledge of the age and dimensions of the cosmos, the development of life forms, and the appearance of man. These discoveries invite us to even greater admiration for the greatness of the Creator, prompting us to give Him thanks for all His works and for the understanding and wisdom He gives to scholars and researchers. With Solomon, they can say, It is He who gave me unerring knowledge of what exists, to know the structure of the world and the activity of the elements. For wisdom, the fashioner of all things, taught me. The great interest accorded to these studies is strongly stimulated by a question of another order, which goes beyond the proper d domain of the natural sciences. It is not only a question of knowing when and how, the universe arose physically, or when man appeared, but rather of discovering the meaning of such an origin. Is the universe governed by chance, blind fate, anonymous necessity, or by a transcendent, intelligent, and good being called God? And if the world does come from God's wisdom and goodness, why is there evil? Where does it come from? Who is responsible for it? Is there any liberation from it? Since the beginning, the Christian faith has been challenged by responses to the, the questions of origins that differ from its own. Ancient religions and cultures produced many myths concerning origins. Some philosophers have said that everything is God, and the world is God, or that the development of the world is the development of God, pantheism. Others have said that the world is a necessary emanation arising from God and returning to him. Still others have affirmed the existence of two eternal principles, good and evil, light and darkness, locked in permanent conflict, dualism, Manichaeism. According to some of these conceptions, the world, at least the physical world, is evil, the product of a fall, and is thus to be rejected or left behind, Gnosticism. Some admit that the world was made by God but as a watchmaker who, once he has made a watch, abandons it to itself. Deism. Finally, others reject any transcendent origin for the world, but see it as merely the interplay of matter that has always existed. Materialism. All these attempts bear witness to the permanence and universality of the question of origins. This inquiry is distinctively human. Human intelligence is surely already capable of finding a response to the question of origins. The existence of God, the Creator, can be known with certainty through His works, by the light of human reason, even if this knowledge is often obscured and disfigured by error. This is why faith comes to confirm and enlighten reason and the correct understanding of this truth. By faith we understand that the world was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear.
The truth about creation is so important for all human life that God in his tenderness wanted to reveal to his people everything that is salutary to know on the subject. Beyond the natural knowledge that every man can have of the Creator, God progressively revealed to Israel the mystery of creation. He who chose the patriarchs, who brought Israel out of Egypt, and who by choosing Israel created and formed it, this same God reveals himself as the one to whom belong all the peoples of the earth, and the whole earth itself. He is the one who alone made heaven and earth. Thus the revelation of creation is inseparable from the revelation and forging of the covenant of the one God with his people. Creation is revealed as the first step toward his covenant, the first and universal witness to God's all-powerful love. And so the truth of creation is also expressed with growing vigor in the message of the prophets, the prayer of the Psalms, and the liturgy, and in the wisdom sayings of the chosen people. Among all the scriptural texts about creation, the first three chapters of Genesis occupy a unique place. From a literary standpoint, these texts may have had diverse sources. The inspired authors have placed them at the beginning of scripture to express in their solemn language the truths of creation, its origin and its end in God, its order and goodness, the vocation of man, and finally the drama of sin and the hope of salvation. Read in the light of Christ, within the unity of sacred scripture and in the living tradition of the church, these texts remain the principal source for catechesis on the mysteries of the beginning, creation, fall, and promise of salvation. Roman numeral two, creation, work of the Holy Trinity. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Three things are affirmed in these first words of scripture. The eternal God gave a beginning to all that exists outside of himself. He alone is creator. The verb create, Hebrew bara, always has God for its subject. The totality of what exists, expressed by the formula, the heavens and the earth, depends on the one who gives it being. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life.